I'm Jackson Licka and welcome to this edition of our 2016 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series. Today's program, The Benefits of Bundling When Selling Service Plans, is once again being brought to you by Farmer's Edge. I'd like to encourage listeners to subscribe, if you haven't already, to the podcast with your favorite app. Our series is currently available on iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Subscribe to get an alert when future episodes are released. And if you have another app you use for listening to podcasts, let us know. We'll make every effort to get that listed here as well. Thanks again to Farmer's Edge for supporting this program. Farmer's Edge is proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow the opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at farmersedgeusa.com slash become a representative or give them a call at 952-582-1398. Well, as farm equipment dealers continue to evolve the focus of their precision farming business, one ongoing strategy for many is to develop more service-based revenue streams. But one of the decisions that certainly needs to be made at the outset is how to provide services that are both affordable and attractive to farmers, while at the same time profitable for the dealership. More than half the dealers who responded to the 2016 Precision Farming Dealer Benchmark Study offer precision farming service packages to customers, and about two-thirds of those dealers charge an hourly rate for those services. But building a recurring revenue stream with precision service requires more than just an arbitrary price tag and a standard sales pitch, says Adam Gittins, general manager of HTS Ag based in Harlan, Iowa. Adam and the Precision Egg dealership team launched their first precision service plan in 2007 and have continued to modify packages to increase profitability and meet customer needs. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast brought to you by Farmer's Edge, we welcome Adam to share his experience developing, implementing, and selling precision service packages along with some valuable lessons learned along the way. What I want to talk this morning about are service plans. Now, I feel like I've done an awful lot with service plans. Uh, we started our first service plan back in 2007. I think we sold like four of them that first year. Anyhow, uh, just thought I'd start off this morning. Why do you offer a service plan? Well, service plans, preventive maintenance, that's proven in many areas of the ag industry. Um, you know, our, our local implement dealer comes out and does a pre-harvest inspection on our combine and they give us a list of parts that we need to put on it after after they get done. So farmers are used to that concept. It helps manage the workload. We can reduce that in-season phone support because it gives us an opportunity to train the customer a little bit ahead of time, give them a little bit of a crash course, a refresher, if you will. And it creates some recurring revenue. We'll get more into that as we go through. But uh, by having that recurring revenue, 
that provides a, a way for you guys to be able to stay in business. And your customers need you to stay in business. So what should you offer? Well, think through what annual services you already offer. Firmware updates, those types of things. Phone support, that's another good one to, to add into that. Training sessions, you can include with the service plan. If, if you're charging for your training, maybe you, you include that as part of the service plan. Any other additional services that you can offer. And then give them priority access in season. To us, that's been one of the biggest things, is that uh, when our customers need help, if they know they have a service plan, they know they're going to get treated with special treatment. They're going to be able to get a hold of us quicker and easier than if they don't have a service plan. And the big thing here is keep it simple. Now, I'll walk you guys through some things we did wrong. Because like Tim said yesterday, those are the best opportunities to learn from. So this is our first plan. One on-site visit a year is $400. Two on-site visits, $600. Pretty simple. I think we sold less than 10 of them the first year. Didn't work very well, though. Adoption was the tough part. And the price point, I think, was, was somewhere where we could get adoption. And that helped us. But we ended up selling enough of them that uh, it became hard to service all the customers. Well, then we weren't offering priority treatment to the guys with the service plans because nearly everyone had one once we got a little farther down that path. So we come up with a new plan. Looks a lot different, right, guys? So we actually started charging for phone support. So phone support only. If the guys didn't want us to come out and update stuff, that was going to cost them $300. Well, it was a no-brainer for them to spend the extra 150 to have them come out and look everything over. And we've come up with a nice checklist that we go down when we're on site. So we can check off and, and show them. We check the clutches on the planner. We check the wiring harnesses on down the list. That $150 extra to be on site made it pretty easy. Uh, the two on-site visits then, of course, who come back and do the same thing in the fall for their combine or their anhydrous rig or whatever they might have. That worked out a little better. You still have the same problem here, though. We were offering a all-you-could-eat buffet, and, and guys were taking advantage of the amount of time that we would spend on it. So we took another stab at it. Now keep in mind, this is from 2007 until recently here. So we had a whole bunch of different options and a whole bunch of choices. And every display was a separate charge. We added a remote support package with Aglier Ag Affinity to their lineup. We added that in. And we even added an option for them to have their maps included. So if they transferred the data to us through Agfinity, we would make their planning and harvest maps for them as part of the service plan. That didn't work so well either, guys. It got too complex, it got too hard to manage, and on the guys that had, you know, six plus displays, we priced ourselves out of the market. So, some things to avoid. What did we learn from what we've screwed up? Don't price it per farm. You don't have enough there. There's not enough meat on the bone for the guys that have multiple displays. It becomes just, you know, an all-you-can-eat model. Don't include repairs. Make sure they understand that this is a, a preseason inspection, and this does not include you tearing something out of one tractor and installing it in another or rebuilding a wiring harness for them or, or whatever else may need done. Don't do too much. It's really easy to get into that well, we'll just take care of all of it for that price for you. And, and that mentality will, will cause you a lot of grief over time. And make it too complex. We did that the last go around. We got it to the point that uh, 
Guys had trouble understanding, well, do I do platinum or gold? And is it one additional unit or four? And, you know, it was really hard to try and manage all that. So I thought I'd just show you numbers from the last three years here, a little bit of a trend over time, because this is where we've made the last couple transitions just within the last few years. So with that, that uh, second plan I showed you was back here where we had, you know, over 200 plans that we were servicing. And with 200 plans, it was really hard to tell a customer that he was unique. So that's when we introduced the really complex, really thorough laid out plan. We did that uh, actually in 2013, but there was a lot of carryover. We typically sell these ahead. So this is, you know, this is almost really what happened in 2012. This is what happened in 2013. Uh, so 2014, we actually sold, you know, a little over 100 plans, like 120 some. And that helped quite a bit. Now, you're looking at this and you guys are thinking, what'd you do, Adam? You screwed up here because your customers are leaving you. We're down to, you know, in 2015, we were down to just over 100 plans. Well, 100 became a much more manageable number for the staff I have. It gave me the ability to actually provide that special treatment to those 100 customers. So here's the total dollars generated from, from those same three years. You can see from 2013 to 2014, went up quite a bit with that big increase in price. Now we have backed down into 2015 from what 2014 was, but keep in mind the previous slide there, guys, when we look back, our numbers, our total plans were still going down into 2015. From 2013 to 2015, we're generating more dollars in revenue and we have right about half the plans that we had before. So we look at the average dollars per plan this is the one I like. 13 to 14 was a big increase. But 14 to 15, we still saw an increase there. Even with reducing the complexity and some of the other things, we were able to see you know, a few more dollars per plan because the guys would opt into, with less options, they were opting into some higher plans. So our current plan, we offer phone and remote support. We've got one on-site visit per year for one display. We've got one on-site visit per year for multiple displays. That's two or that's 10, it doesn't matter. And then two on-site visits with the same breakout, either one display or multiple displays. We tried to just simplify that a little bit instead of charging for every single unit. We found that guys weren't really frowning on that. So this is, uh, this is maybe the most important thing I'm gonna share with you guys. Tim, you talked uh, a little bit yesterday. I heard some guys talking about their hourly billable rate. We charge 100 bucks an hour if you have a service plan. 125 an hour without a service plan. So that's another way you can provide a little preferential treatment for those guys. So any guesses here? What's my average billable rate for service plans? This is including every time the guy calls in, we log a ticket in our system and we track time against that ticket for phone support. Any guesses? 150, 200, $277.54 an hour. Anybody billing more than that per hour for their time? So you can get to a really profitable spot providing some really great service for your customer that they're very happy to pay for because they realize that they're getting preferential treatment. So what should you charge? Well, sit down and try and figure out what is your average cost to deliver that service? You know, what do you currently charge for your service? And don't underprice it. Farmers will pay for that value. And there's tremendous value to them just knowing 
you know, how much money do we spend a year on insurance? There's tremendous value just having that peace of mind and knowing that if they need to get a hold of somebody, they can come, they can call us up, we can come out, we can take care of things for them, and they're going to get a, a really good response time out of us because of that. Not to mention the phone support. The guys like having someone they can call that's not an intern at uh, whatever manufacturer or dealership. Uh, you know, they're going to call in, they're going to get someone knowledgeable, they're going to get a hold of us fairly rapidly, and they're going to get their problem solved. We'll uh, jump right back into Adam's discussion, but I wanted to again thank Farmer's Edge for their support in making this program possible. Farmer's Edge is proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow the opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at farmersedgeusa.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Reflecting on Adam's comments thus far, one of the things he appears to have done really well is crunch the numbers to know whether their precision service packages are profitable. In some cases, dealerships may package and price services without really ever evaluating the value that they're getting out of these, and that kind of defeats the purpose of setting up service plans as a source of revenue. Adam also mentioned something that he's been able to do, which I know a number of other dealers have struggled with, and that's bill for precision phone support. When developing a service plan, this certainly seems to be a feature that can be rolled in or bundled into an overall package with greater effectiveness. Well, let's get back to the program and get some of Adam's advice and tips on how he's been able to effectively sell these service plans. So how do you sell it? You know, this was a challenge early on for us. We were trying to figure out, what do we do? How do we sell this? Well, you got to sell it internally first. I mean, the most important thing you have to do is convince your own staff that there is value here and you are actually helping the farmer. You're not just coming up with another way to try and nickel and dime these guys, that this is a significant service and value for your customers. And then talk about it. Did I mention talk about it? Seriously, guys, you, you have to talk about it every time you're in front of a customer. Hey, you know, with our service plan, you could do this. Whether you need to sound like a broken record. Send out postcards. The thing that helped it probably drove the most adoption for us, we put it on every quote. If we were quoting a system out to a guy, we quoted the service plan to go with it because that gives the ability to talk about it again. As we're walking through their quote, say, okay, well, this system is this, this, and this. This is your total. That includes a service plan for us to come out and do these things. And when we were able to talk through that and explain to them the deliverable of that service plan, we had an incredible adoption rate. That's what got us to the 200 plans that created another problem. So things we've done to be successful. Did I mention repetition yet, guys? 
This is the thing I'm the most proud of. So when January 1 rolls around and we renew all our service plans, I've got what I've got down on the W-2 for two of my technicians, I've got completely covered in the first month of the year, their salary for the year for two full-time guys. So why did we start doing this? Our CEO, our company history, I won't bore you with all the details, but uh, 30 years ago, we started in as an IT company selling computers and and farm business software. Um, That transitioned into actually doing a lot of IT work for small to mid-sized businesses. And the IT industry, our CEO has said for a lot of years that the IT industry uh, has kind of laid the groundwork and that Precision Ag is paralleling that industry. So this was something that IT started quite a while ago. They had to figure out this recurring revenue. And that's really kind of where everything came from for us. Uh, when you were talking about your plan, you were talking about a different degree of uh, prioritization for the customer, make them feel a little bit uh, better that that they're involved in the plan, and, and you kind of termed it as priority access. Can you kind of uh, explain a little bit more how you manage that, how that works? Um, you know, everybody realizes in the busy season that prioritization level is more of a, you know, and, and what I've seen out there is get the the worst problems first, put the biggest fires out first, and then chip your way through the list. How do you manage that priority access term? That's a tough one. So one of the things we've done since a very early time, all of my guys carry company-issued cell phones, and all of their cell phone numbers are blocked. And we don't give out cell phone numbers of any of our guys. We give them the 800 number. They call in. They get somebody in the office. And somebody in the office patches them out to the technician if they need the technician. But that filter... Let's that person in the office look up and say, do you have a service plan or not? If they have a service plan, they get patched out. If they don't, they get scheduled for a callback when the technician finishes the job that he's on. And that's helped us tremendously because we're not interrupting the technician that's out doing billable labor to stop him. Even though the phone support would be billable at that point, we're not interrupting the job that they're on. And that, that uh, customer now says, but I need this thing to run. Well, if you have a service plan, we'd patch you out. And I'm not going to say it's a perfect system. It's we, We've got growing pains with it, and there's always some that slip through the cracks. But uh, that's kind of how we've structured that so that they, they call into the office and even our after-hours phone support. So we offer after-hours support from 7 in the morning to 10 at night, six days a week, noon to 6 on Sundays. They call the 800 number, and we've got our phone system set up that it pages whoever's on call that week, sends them a text message, and the the voicemail comes through as an email and then they call that person back. But by blocking the numbers, and I've got a lot of resistance from my guys by blocking the numbers it prevents them from calling directly to the tech. And the thing that I really wanted to do there is protect my guys time because it's really easy to burn people out in this industry. I don't know how many of you have experienced that. Uh, I've been really close to it myself a couple times. And if we can't provide some kind of a protection there and keep our guys from being on call 24 seven, you know, it's okay to offer extended support, but do it with a rotation. So I have, you know, a half a dozen guys that rotate through and you're not on call every week. And it's been tremendous to get that set up that way and, and give the guys a little bit of their life back. Do either of you offer multi-year plans? So Tim, it's funny you ask because actually the conversations we had in the 
couple of weeks leading up to me being here today were around coming up with a multi-year plan. So I intend to have one implemented probably before the month's over, uh, trying to do a, a two-year plan where when they buy a new system, that first year they get phone support with it, and the second year then they already have an on-site visit for us to come out. When your support people are also doing sales, are you blocking their calls and also text messages? Probably half of my support requests coming to my guys are by text message, possibly due to poor cell areas and just guys using text messages. How do you handle that sort of thing with a call center approach? Yeah, so it's certainly a challenge. Um, all of our employees, all of our company phones have blocked cell phone numbers. So we encourage our customers. And, and the way that we present that to the customer is if you call the 800 number, you have the chance to get a dozen people. If you call a cell phone number, you have a chance to get one person. And if they call into the office, we can do a better job of getting them somebody that's available. Uh, text messaging is the real challenge. Uh, we've got a few customers that have started doing that. And of course, cell phone numbers leak out, right? Because a guy will text somebody or he'll give his number out because he feels bad for a guy that's got some unique situation and he's got a good relationship with him because he's worked, worked with the guy a long time. So that certainly is a challenge. But yeah, we've tried to block all of the numbers. Um, I don't know that's a perfect approach, but that's that's one of the things we've done to to, to try and make that shift and just keep a little bit of a little bit of free time for the guys and, and let them have a life. Thank you, Adam, for your insight into this emerging area for many dealers' precision farming business. And those listeners who would like to see more of Adam's presentation mentioned during the program please visit precisionfarmingdealer.com slash podcasts. Once again, if you haven't done so already, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series on iTunes or the Google Play Store, and this will help you get an alert when future episodes are released. Well, the big takeaway for me from today's program is that successfully packaging and selling precision service plans certainly requires a great deal of flexibility. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach for dealers. But chances are there is an approach that every dealer can take to develop this part of their business. I'd certainly like to get your thoughts as well on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jigzemlicka at lessitermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. You can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for helping make this Precision Farming Dealer podcast series possible. And I hope that you'll join us again on July 7th for the next episode in our 2016 podcast series, which will feature highlights from a candid dinner conversation with members of the Precision Farming Dealer Advisory Board. For Adam Gittens, Farmer's Edge, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening. <laughs>